to tag your it podcast i'm ray ray and i'm dave and i forgot to say the word the welcome to the tag your it podcast everybody uh, thank you for uh you guys that are on the live right now um thank you for joining us and uh we haven't done this for a couple of weeks and so we're back at it again and so for you guys that are on right now in live land we've got three shows so this is one of three um that we're going to do today um they might not all be the same amount of time that we're used to but we've got three shows to deal with today um so um yes dave we've got some really awesome uh, stuff cooking for the fall um for you and me to do and we would like to include um all and this one is kind of narrowed down to all missouri baptists especially if you are concerned with the Missouri Baptist Convention. Um, we've got some cool uh, news, a uh, cool um, load on our backs um, that we um, are representing, and we would like to include you guys in this. But Dave, take it away on the info. Yeah, so here is what Adam and I are going to be doing. Uh, we have written a resolution to abolish abortion. Um, we believe that it is effective for Missouri Baptists actually to make sure that we make a statement at the Missouri Baptist annual meeting. Now, we're not the only state that's doing this. In fact, uh, Southern Baptists for the Abolition of Abortion have put together a really great group of pastors across the United States who are presenting a resolution similar to ours. Um, we've uh, had this resolution written. We've just made some modifications to it that specifically kind of pointed out to the necessity for Missouri Baptists to vote and support this. Adam and I sent that in about two months ago. I have not gotten any feedback except that they have it. So the yeah. plan is, and if you're not familiar with what a resolution does, essentially it's a statement of the convention. Where we are is what the statement is being, uh, being made. And that's an important element for us to note. Um, just as a matter of fact and just a little piece of history, Southern Baptists have been writing resolutions on this exact same idea for quite some time now. In fact, uh, there is a great article that shows every resolution written uh, by Southern Baptists in relation to abortion since 1971. In fact, that was the first time the Southern Baptists ever wrote anything on abortion. The little element that I think is really important is that Southern Baptists have been, uh, except in 1971, Southern Baptists have been very clear that we stand opposed to abortion. Mm -hmm. um, in 1971, the resolution was actually really odd. In fact, uh, just to read the whereas, I'm going to read the three whereases and the two resolved. Uh, this is what Southern Baptists said at the Southern Baptist Convention in June of 1971. Whereas Christians in the American society today are faced with difficult decisions about abortion, and whereas some advocate that there be no abortion legalization, thus making the decision a purely private matter between a woman and her doctor, and whereas others advocate no legal abortion or would permit abortion only if the life of the mother is threatened, therefore be it resolved that this convention express the belief that society has a responsibility to affirm through the law of the state, a high view of the sanctity of human life, including fetal life, in order to protect those who cannot protect themselves, and be it further resolved 
that we call upon Southern Baptists to work for legislation that will allow the possibility of abortion under conditions such as rape, incest, clear evidence of severe fetal deformity, and carefully ascertained evidence of likelihood of damage to emotional, mental, and physical health of the mother. That is a weak yeah. and pathetic resolution. Southern Baptists actually should, again, repent of that type of terrible decision-making. Uh, that is horrible. That is deplorable. And that's not where we are. Yeah, we completely reject that idea. Yeah, and especially, I mean, uh, people, um, whenever you're doing, an, you know, you're going out and you're doing apologetics in this arena and you go out into the street and stuff, people are going to throw your history in your face. And we're seeing it right now in other places. Yeah. Um, so they're going to go back to, well, didn't Billy Graham say this such and such, and he allowed for this exception and stuff like that. And it's because of that. Um, I think uh, I can, you can kind of relate this and just any, anything in general um, with what's going on uh, to kind of like the internet explorer idea. Um, you have like, you know, guys that'll, you have people that'll make browsers and they kind of, every time they put a new browser out, it's kind of, they start from scratch and, uh, and put a new browser out. Um, you know, Internet Explorer is kind of like, they just kept on adding code on, onto code, onto code, onto code. And they really never cleaned things up. And that's why it was so bulky. That's why it ran so slow. That's why people didn't like it. Right. And so, you know, we kind of do this with laws. It's the whole issue with the pro-life movement is, well, for one, as we discussed um, on a few shows, how pro-life is actually working against itself. Um, it treats Roe versus Wade as a uh, law of the land in which it's not, but because they treated it as law of the land, they have now made real laws that we have to now peel back that should have never been made because Roe versus Wade is not a actual law of the land. And so, you know, this, this is the problem. And so whenever we do our apologetic, now we have to deal with the fact that we have this in history. You've allowed this, you've allowed this, you've allowed this. Um, but you know, why now? Um, well, why now is the fact that from the very beginning of creation, this is the truth. This is objective truth. And that that's already an issue. Um, in the society that surrounds us because we are surrounded in a society that doesn't believe in objective truth. So, you know, we, our position's hard, but we've got to do it for the sake of, uh, of the truth and for the sake of the gospel. Um, you know, we've got to go out there and, uh, and we need to stand up in our conventions, um, state wise. Um, we need to stand up, uh, as a convention on the, uh, national side and, uh, go like we're, we're done. Um, we repent of the fact that we allowed for this. This is not right. It should have never been in our minds right. But now we would like to repent and correct. And because of the gospel, we can repent and correct ourselves. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing that I think is really important about this. And this is something that I want to key in on, Adam, because where we are in this is we have talked about abortion quite a bit mm -hmm. on our program. We've talked about the abolition of abortion quite a bit. This is an actual step where Missouri Baptists are demanding, and that's the right thing to do, demand because we stand on God's word. We're demanding that our uh, legislatures, uh, that our Senate, that those who have been elected officials stop the senseless killing of the unborn. Mm -hmm. um, that's a different statement than what was being made in 1971, and that's really, really crucial. Here's what we need individuals to do. Uh, Adam and I have started a Facebook page 
uh, Missouri Baptist for the abolition of abortion. You don't have to be in Missouri. You don't have to be Southern Baptist to be a part of it. But what you're doing is you're actually saying, hey, we commit to this exact same standard. Yeah. We believe that a- uh, abortion should be illegal. That is not the law of the land. In fact, there should be a clear-cut law on the books in the state of Missouri that makes abortion illegal. And we have this massive uh, statement today about human rights, about the right of life. Um, let me just give a little bit of historical context. I just finished up reading Mark Knoll's book um, all about two weeks ago, no, probably about a month ago, uh, called The Civil War as a Theological Crisis. And what basically that debate came down to was that you had individuals who were uh, on the pro-slavery side versus those on the abolitionist side. They were both looking at scripture and they were both trying to make arguments from scripture. You had some major fine theologians. Uh, the one that I think of is Schaff. Schaff writes the best church history. It's a six-volume set. Uh, Philip Schaff, church history, six-volume. I think you can even get it for free today. One of the best church histories ever written. Further, uh, Schaff and Herzog write um, it's, uh, the, the Encyclopedia of Religion. And uh, it's a massive set. I brought about a 20-volume set. Really, really good stuff. Schaff basically makes the argument very clearly. What this comes down to is defining uh, when it comes to the slavery movement was what is human, right? And that's where we are today. We are defining what is human. But guess what? We don't have to define that. God has defined that already for us in places like Psalm 139. You knit me together in my mother's womb, right? All the days you ordained for me. So we know that according to a Christian worldview, God has knit us together in our mother's womb, right? That is a key element to where we stand on scripture. But look, all we have to do today is look at what science tells us. All the necessary elements for life exist at the moment of conception. All you need is time and development, right? Mm. Basically, nutrients and development. So the difference between me at 40 years old and a child in the womb at 30 seconds old is that I have development and time or dependence and time. I mean, essentially, that's what it is. We know that from science. If science even, according to a Christian worldview, science done rightly, demonstrates the truth of the Bible, and right there we have the Bible demonstrated as true. Therefore, to argue that it's just a clump of cells is to make a fallacious argument that is untrue scientifically, but more importantly, scripturally. And what we're doing with this Facebook group and what we're doing with our resolution is we are going to contend for those who cannot contend for themselves. We are going to stand up for those who don't have a voice. And and that's key because, again, Scripture tells us very clearly that that's what we are supposed to do. We are to stand for those and speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. And and that's just such a, a, a key key bit. I mean, I go to Proverbs 2411, rescue those who are being taken away to death, hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this, what uh, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your souls and know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? No longer as Southern Baptists, Missouri Baptists, are we going to be quiet. 
We are yeah. going to fight for those who cannot fight for themselves, speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. We're called by scripture to do it. We are supported by knowing those who are human beings, right? That all they need is time and uh, development, right? And help, essentially, uh, dependence, right? We're saying we're going to stop the slaughtering of these human beings. It's the same question that faced those in Germany. Were the Jews really human? It's the same question that faced those in America. They either had to deny the humanity of of African-Americans or once they embraced it, listened to what Scripture said. And Scripture fully supported the reality that they were human. So either you dig your head in the sand and you pretend that God hasn't spoken or you get your head out of the sand and you fight for the unborn. Yeah, and here's here's the issue, you know. Like I I I know uh, we had uh, you know a few few episodes back, you know, we talked about uh, this. So if you haven't seen um, that episode, we we talked with a uh, it was uh, Darren Stid, and yeah. um, who was oh man, my the names are escaping me. Um, Clay Hall, yeah, Darren Clay Smith. Hall, okay, yeah, and Darren Smith, and so um, we we talked to them, and I know something was said that, and you know, I just I do want to correct it. Um, Abortion is not the number one national sin, That's and right. we need to stop with that sort of language of making a hierarchy of sins. Um, our national sins, if we're going to have them, they are. We are to a point right now. Um, they are all showing off in their glory right now, and what's going on right now. And um, you know, I'm not going to say that it's the worst um, it's going to be, and all that kind of stuff, or if it's the worst it's ever been. Um, but they're all being on. They're all they're on full display, just with uh, with everything going on um, with with the with the pandemic and with uh, the movements uh, that have definitely become louder um, during the pandemic um, with with uh, the. In- the injustice is going on and stuff that I can say there is true injustice going on. And we have been saying that injustice has been going on and, 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 and different multifaceted ways. Uh, anyway. Um, but the thing is, it, this is not the number one sin, you know, the, in the past, the homosexuality is the number one sin. Um, no, this is just sin working out and progressively showing itself um, more openly Again, we've talked about Romans one eighteen through thirty two, and the, the things just whenever people throw off God at the very beginning, it is a definitely progressive handing over and handing over and showing and showing and showing, and now um, everything is out there for everybody to see right now, um, and that's and that's where we are. Um, so I yeah. just wanted to clear that up. You know, there's not a hierarchy of sins. Um, this is not the number one thing. Homosexuality is not the number one thing. And justice, that could be a little bit more of a number one thing because that deals with the law of God. And that's the whole point. Why there's abortion, why there's homosexuality. That's why, um, you know, we're seeing uh, people that are racist because they don't care about the law of God. Um, they don't even care about scripture and how scripture defines things and we shouldn't be even defining things by race. So, you know, if we if we want to talk about, uh, number one issues, when you talk about the law of God's being, you know, it's, it, there, there, it's being picked and picked and choose from because we're all made in his image and the, and the proverbial beach ball comes up at certain levels and, and, and we want to talk about it. Um, but then the law of God, what they want from the law of God gets put into, but what do they want and what is sin? What is not sin? Um, so to make a point, you know, I, I want to correct that not number one sin, um, but the reason why 
Um, because what's going to be said is like, there's so much going on. You guys have been talking about abortion for a long time, you know, but these things have popped up. Abortion's kind of a, now maybe not the number one thing we should talk about. We should talk about all these other things and leave abortion in the dust for now. Um, and I know that, um, I've had to communicate with a family member because they came up saying like, you know, because of this BLM, uh, movement and stuff, there's a couple of people, um, like and me, me was one of the couple of people, um, that were saying that, uh, there's this multifaceted nature to all this stuff and abortion is a part of it. And he was, you know, my family member was like, you know, why can't we take care of things one at a time? Well, he's even noticing that incremental things, um, don't work. And so that's, that's right. why pro-life doesn't work. We so, are being different. Yeah, the issue, yeah. if you look at the history of Southern Baptists, right, and that's the problem, at least for me, if you go all the way back to 1971 and then look at every other resolution, 1974, 1976, 1977, 78, 79, 80, 82, 84, 87, 87, 88, 89, 91, 92, 93. These are all resolutions. 94, uh, 96, 99, 2000, 2002, 2003. 2005, 2006, 2008, 2009, uh, two resolutions in 2009. They're all working for incremental changes. Those don't work. They do nothing. To only regulate abortion would be uh, for them to only regulate slavery or to only regulate the slaughter of the Jews, right? That's problematic. You don't regulate that. Yes, these people who are killing unborn children need a heart change and we need to through those who are elected officials we need to stop this they have been elected for a reason i mean mm -hmm. it is so clear right god has given them the power to to do something the magistrate in this country need to act they need to do something and we are going to be calling on them in a large way to do that and, and that's so important for us we have to do that i mean Gosh, it is so crucial to, to what we are asking, right? Uh, it tells us in Romans 13, 1, that there's no authority except from God and that those that exist have been instituted by God. I mean, in Romans 13, 4, Paul even writes, God's servant about, the, about those who rule, they are God's servant for your good and that he is the servant of God, the person who's elected yeah. the magistrates or the servant of God to execute his wrath on the wrongdoer. It is clear. Those in elected offices, those magistrates need to wield the sword that God has given them to stop the slaughter. And we are asking Missouri Baptists to stand in stark contrast to this idea of, of trying to make these incremental changes that just don't work. It, it, it's very problematic. And then, Adam, that brings us to, to really the issue of the day. And it's an article found in SBC Voices by William Thornton. The article is titled Anti-Abortion as Divine Permission for Christian Hatred, Misogyny, and Racism. Um, what he, and we're going to work through this article because it's very problematic. This is the idea of people who actually think it's just fine to be incremental, to not be passionate about saving the unborn. Um, those folks aren't the ones standing out in front of Planned Parenthood and preaching the gospel. Those are po folks who think we'll just elect some people to, to do this for us. No, we're saying those who are elected, we're calling on them to do this because God commands it. And they are the ones who have blood on their hands. We're not going to stand for it in the state of Missouri any longer.
Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk any more about the resolution. We can certainly well, read yeah, through we can, the resolution. Yeah, what I would but, what I would do is uh, we we probably have a lot more episodes um, dealing with this anyway. So um, if you guys uh, just uh, whoever's listening to this uh, either in live land or the podcast, um, go on, on Facebook, search for Missouri Baptist uh, for the abolition of abortion. You can go to this Southern Baptist too. I mean, we're going to be saying the same thing it's, again. We're, we're what we've done is sort of narrowed it down the the verbiage and stuff and kind of being two Missouri yeah, guys here. That's the, yeah. So there's a lot, there's not a whole lot of difference uh, between um, what we're doing. We're just the state side. Um, you know, we, we've, we've talked with the people that are doing the SBCA SBAA um, and we've become the MBAA um, underneath that. So, um, but if you want to go to those and study them right now and look at the re- resolution and uh, you know, offer your thoughts and stuff like that too, as Baptists, as people who study the word and stuff, this is how we can sharpen each other. But um, you know, we, we want feedback on it, but we need to stand and do it. And I just wanted to um, just add a couple things uh, before we go to this article yeah. from what Dave said. Um, we have set back and we have noticed that um, in our churches, um, the gospel preaching gets relegated to the pastor and, and the congregants don't do anything. And they mm-hmm. just uh, bring people to church. Uh, you you tell them the gospel. I'm too afraid or it's not my place. It is your place. Um, we are a priesthood of believers. All right. If we have the Holy Spirit and if we read and get washed in the word, we have everything that we need for life and godliness and to preach the gospel and to make disciples. And your job is to make disciples, not your pastor. All right. Amen. And so like, likewise, don't leave this up to the experts. Um, well, these guys are politicians. Guess what? Politicians come from congregations. They must be disciples and unbelieving politicians need to be discipled and hear the gospel. And so what better way to go to your city hall and preach the gospel through something relevant? You want the gospel to re- be relevant? Here's your opportunity. Do it. And it's not up to pastors alone, which I pray that there's a lot of pastors in on this. It's not up for deacons or any other sort of office. This is for all Christians. For you know, This is, this is our job. This is what we've been asked to do. This is called evangelism and discipleship. Um, the Great Commission. And so if you are a Great Commission Baptist, you should actually be getting involved, not only in your church and the, in the ecclesiastical um, government, but in the civil government as well. And it's because we have sort of relegated, and it, you know, it could be eschatology. Um, your eschatology says we're all doomed. Um, so why? You, you become apathetic. Well, the, the Great Commission, if your eschatology um, isn't right, then at least your Great Commission should be right. Uh, and we can agree on that um, to go out and make disciples and evangelize. And again, here's an opportunity. Do it. Um, so, um, yeah, let's go into the article. Um, I'll, I can start to read it anyway. So, yeah, this is from the SBC Voices, which has a lot of issues. Uh, we won't though that might be another episode that we could do dave but yeah again anti-abortion is divine permission for christian hatred misogyny and racism and just to go into it the, the fallacy that can be made from here is if it's abused it's wrong and the thing is is the fall you know that that's this is sort of a poisoning the well uh fallacious title because just because something has been abused doesn't make the something that's abused wrong so abolition being anti-abortion um people can take it and twist it and to do whatever they want with it doesn't make anti-abortion a bad thing 
Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, here is my issue with this article, and, and it's, it's common in that what's being done is people are being uh, painted with broad brush strokes yeah. in what I believe is an incredibly destructive manner. And that's why this mindset is problematic for multiple reasons. This is a, this is a black and white, clear as day issue. Do you believe what scripture says about speaking for those who can't speak for themselves? And if the answer is yes, then you stand with us. And the problem is this individual is making uh, a, again, think is very problematic. And that's why we're addressing with it, addressing this. And I'm just going to kind of work down it. Uh, Mr. Thornton or Pastor Thornton says, Nothing has changed in years about this in the SBC except I see, except as I see it, the intensity of reactions towards anyone who does not favor political solutions that would eradicate abortion and make it illegal. I will not back down from this. If yeah. you are not for the abolition of abortion, I believe you're in sin because you're saying let's incrementally stop people from murdering other people. Um, just a quote from a, a Baptist press article. Uh, it gives a great history of how a Southern Baptist became pro-life. That's problematic. Again, we're not pro-life. We believe it should stop. Th why would I be anti-murder, right? Or, or, or pro-life and say, oh, murder just needs to be regulated. No, murder needs to be stopped in all forms. And if you don't say that, again, I believe you're in sin. Uh, here's what the Baptist Press article says. In 1970, a poll conducted by the Baptist Sunday School Board found that 70% of Southern Baptist pastors supported abortion to protect the mental or physical health of a mother. 64% supported abortion cases of fetal deformity and 71% in cases of rape. Listen, here's my problem. I don't care about the, the idea of, of rape. Was it the child's fault? that that yeah. mother was raped? No. And in fact, what the churches should be doing is not saying, oh, if you raped, it's okay. No, they should be saying, goodness, uh, this child is still a gift. I'm so sorry that this happened. We want to provide for you counseling. We want to provide for you help. We want to do everything we can to assist in this. Yeah, this that's idea the thing. Like, mental so yeah, health. Yeah, yeah, so whenever you would lead, you know, what are you leading with whenever, if you were to meet you you somehow you say your church is gathered on a Wednesday night and some some girl runs into your your church screaming saying that she has been raped. Are you going to lead with uh, well we'll help you get an abortion if you're pregnant or are you going to be like what do you need where's the guy <laughs> you know what's the yeah. situation how can we help and then you're going to do it you're gonna you're not going to go to the abortion thing i mean she might go like hey you know a few weeks later might take a test and be like i you know that that was the only time that whatever could make me pregnant happen happen and i am pregnant so this is definitely a product um from that rape um are you going to be like are you going to lead with well whatever you need and leave it at that or we will make sure that you do not abort this baby and we will take care of you right we will see what we can do and what kind of channels there are to take care of you to make sure that, well, for one, you need to think about the the girl that was raped because she is a soul and she needs the gospel and she needs it applied because something tragic happened Then you need to That's be right. there for it. That's what the church is there for. And then whenever the, you know, whenever the baby, um, you know, whenever they become pregnant, the baby is a soul. You know, you have to take everything that you, you believe from scripture and then consistently apply it. And so abortion shouldn't even come up 
in the in the uh, conversation unless if it is brought up by the person because they are an unbeliever or a struggling person and they're just flying off the handle because it's a horrible situation but rape does not um make it okay for you to kill a human being other than if the the person that is caught that and it's proved that he raped her according to the law of god that's not murder that is killing that is a just punishment for what he did and we live in a in a government that would put that person in prison and put them on a, on, on parole in just a few years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so to yeah. jump back to the article and I'm yeah. not giving you line by line in the article. Here's what Thornton continues on with. He says where this has put some in our circles in a place where the most vicious, harsh, hate filled rhetoric may be directed with presumed divine sanctification at any who depart in the slightest degree from the absolutist anti-abortion positions or who vote for or associate with those who do. Here's what I'm going to say. I have no problem telling people who want to take my money at my tax dollars and use it to fund Planned Parenthood. I want to say you're evil and I don't want to be any part of evil. And there's no problem with me saying that. I am not yelling at anyone or getting in anyone's face, but I would put it this very, very clearly. If you think that I can vote for someone who is pro-abortion and maintain consistent Christianity, I would say then you also have to adopt that same mindset in that I can say that someone can be a Christian racist, right? It's the same type of issue. I, I think that we've too easily compartmentalized those things. When you're voting for someone who says, hey, it's cool to be a racist, it's good to be a racist as defined by scripture, and you're also saying I can vote for that person, I would tell you that that is sinful, if you're looking at someone saying, hey, this person says abortion is all right. In fact, I want to celebrate because that's the issue. The left is not saying that abortion is okay. They're not saying we want to minimize abortions any longer. They're saying we want to celebrate abortions. That is problematic. And so I would tell, again, the author very clearly, it's not a matter, uh, again, to, to Thornton, it's not a matter of uh, which political party uh, says we want to minimize abortions. It is we want to celebrate and make taxpayers pay for abortions. We want to uh, ignore the, the Hyde Amendment and say that taxpayer money must go to abortions. That is wrong. I'm not going to be silent about being complicit in killing babies. And so, yes, that is an issue. And no, I won't butter it up. It's murder. And I would ask this man, is abortion murder? And if his answer is no, then I would say, well, then you've ignored what Scripture says. He continues, <clears throat> excuse me, it is often put like Jonathan Lehman put it, as quoted in Tony Jones' article here, I find it hard to believe someone could be a Christian and vote for a poor of choice candidate. Amen. I love what Lehman says there. Here's what Thornton says. I've heard or read various SBC leaders make similar statements. It is a personal and somewhat mitigated statement the speaker relying on his subjective mental process hard to believe meaning hard but not impossible i suppose and please note i do not put lehman in the group of extremists on this here's the issue i would disagree with lehman and say i find it hard to believe i'd say it's impossible for someone to be consistently christian and say they can vote for someone who is pro-choice that is incomplete opposition to what scripture says and i'm not going to be soft on it and neither should we 
Yeah, and, and I mean, there's a couple different ways I think you, we can see this is um, the fact that we have the candidates that we do have comes from a long line. So we've got to look at the long game here. How long? How long has it led up to these kind of candidates that we have to vote for that maybe have been, you know, the candidates might have been a little bit more pliable back in the day, uh, a little bit more standoffish on this issue. But now through the years, you know, we have um, we have the people have been so soft on this issue that now it's rampant. Now it's out in the open. Now it's celebrated. And so, you know, you really have to question, and you know, and here, here's my, here's my take, you know, whenever I go, I feel that it is my civic duty to vote and vote for the best. Um, and, and so there is a, there is a part of me that goes, there is a lesser of, well, how many ever evils I can actually have on my ballot or whatever, that at least I can, you know, I, I, I don't agree with, um, either the Republican Party on this because I'm not pro-life. I do not agree or agree with the Democratic Party on this, which are ones that would definitely want you to fund these things. And you know, uh, in this election, I'll just put it out there. You know, Joe Jorgensen. I know um, I'll probably be voting for her, and I know that she's pro-choice. But then I have to look at the uh, I have to look at the uh, the the policy. And you know, it's one of those things that she personally would probably be that. But I know her stances put it up to the states and i like that i like put it up to the states because that's smaller portions where the church can come in and work on this and leave it up to the states and then the state the like missouri baptist uh, for the abolition of abortion with all these other people that we know around the state um, can go and and do things and educate and preach the gospel and all that kind of stuff and and do our discipleship thing and um, then that gives the power over to the state so if she would minimize government on this issue to where the states could actually stand up and then we can all in unison at the church uh, as the church preach the gospel you know like is it still evil um you know is it still wrong for her to have a pro-choice position it is definitely an evil position because she would probably lead people down a path to where she would you know if she had to talk to people she would lead them over to planned parenthood to kill kids uh, and or to murder kids and you know that's wrong but you know this is the reason why we have this debate and and why it's so vitriolic is because well generations generations of just people sloughing this off and you know not at the beginning of this country um having something so we are not going to kill babies here <laughs> you know that's right. that's where it starts from we did not from the beginning of this country um deal with it and it might not have been such as as prominent as it, because of ease and 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 technology um, you know, they didn't get to it, but that still doesn't let us off the hook. And so, you know, there, there is this. And so from the other respect is, is when you're dealing with a professed brother and sister in your church or cross denominationally, if you, if they hold to the gospel, um, we have to also, you know, I can agree in a certain way that there is vitriol that doesn't need to be. And we need to have grace, which is unmerited favor toward each other, get to know each other, um, sharpen each other. And so we don't need to to jump and, and go to that whole issue of, well, I don't think you're a Christian because you would vote for somebody. So we don't need to go there. But we definitely, you know, the other way around it is we must go to politicians who say that um, we can murder some babies and regulate it or we, or we should murder all babies because they're not really humans anyway, 
we should be able to, and they should, you know, and I think, I don't know if we're, if that's where the, where the heart of the person in this article is coming from, but we need to understand that we can call a spade a spade. And if they are promoting policy that does murder babies, we call them murderers. And That's we right. stand on that. So we have to address the situation. We need to be critically thinking about these things and talking amongst ourselves and sharpening each other um, in our discipleship relationships on these issues. And then we can and we should call evil evil. Um, John the Baptist said brood of vipers. Jesus said brood of vipers. They, in the right place at the right time, utilized these these uh, negative epithets to describe people to their face that you know we see people here and now would have a problem with somebody like Jesus actually talking like that. He continues on uh, in this article when the respective portions of evangelical voters are considered, large percentages of white evangelicals vote Republican, and large percentages of African American evangelical voters vote Democrat. Is it totally unfair to conclude that some find it hard to believe that African-American evangelicals are Christians at all because of their support of the Democrat Party, which has, been cons- which has consistently been in favor of legal abortions? It's unfair in my view, though manifestly not in the views of extremists on this. And here's what I would say. The Democrats that are African-American need to be consistent with their Christianity. Do you believe that we should speak up for the unborn? Do you believe what it says in Psalm 139 that God knit us together in our mother's womb? We need to faithfully, as white evangelicals, ask that question and ask that question again and then say, no, we will not stand for the murder of mostly African-American babies because that's what's occurring again Planned Parenthood was very specifically founded on eugenics, and it was put, and they are in primarily African-American neighborhoods, not because they want to provide health care, but because Sanger wanted to destroy African-Americans because she was a racist and believed that African-Americans were less. That is Truth and fact, you can look at tons of Sanger quotations. She was a eugenicist, right? And the Democratic ticket has picked up that idea and uh, stands on the foundation of eugenics, and they won't even completely denounce it. And that is problematic. So it's a call to be consistently Christian in the way you protect life. Yeah, and we uh, do have a question in here, Dave, and you'd probably be the one since you've got more of the historical chops, um, being a being an SBC pastor for a long time than I. Um, but uh, so, uh, Travis, uh, our beloved Travis Smith, is asking um, one question. I have got, or or one question I have gotten is, I agree with the message of the anti-abortion resolution the SBC has produced. But what good will a bunch of signatures do? After all, it is a resolution, not a petition. Are there SBC groups pushing for the SBC to change their stance? Two answers to that, because I believe we've got two questions here. First question, what good do signatures do? They let everyone know as an SBC, that there are a lot of people who are backing this. This isn't just a fringe group of us. 
In fact, it is the heartbeat of our denomination. And a denominational resolution makes that statement. We're saying with our resolution that Missouri Baptists believe that this murdering of the unborn must stop. The more signatures we have on it, the more signatures signatories we have who are agreeing that this must stop. It only presents that we stand as a united voice because the SBC is governed from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. It shows that those in the pew are actually concerned about this. And so we're wanting Missouri Baptists to stand together and say, as Missouri Baptists, we, stay, we say stop. And Adam and I get the incredible mm-hmm. blessing of being those who stand as the uh, as the as the people who get to present that resolution, we believe very truly that this is where Missouri Baptists are. Not only do we believe that's where they should be, we believe that's where they are. We believe it's murder and it should stop. And we want to go to our magistrate as Missouri Baptists, as the eighteen hundred Missouri Baptist churches, and say, "Stop it! Stop the slaughter of the unborn!" Because one day we'll have to answer to our children. For this time in history where more children are being murdered than ever before, we will be the ones who will have to say, we could have said something, but we didn't. And I don't want that to be the answer that I give to Elisha and Chet when they look yeah. at us as old men and say, why didn't you stop it? And you could have at least tried. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah. So, oh, I mean, yeah, let me answer yeah, the, the second, the second one. Yeah. Change uh, it. So it's the change of their stance. Yes, it is a change in the yeah. SBC ch- stance. That's exactly what it is. It's a change from incrementalism to total abolition. Yeah. We're saying no more will we stand for these incremental changes that say let's litigate a, a little bit better. Let's elect some people who are going to make it harder to get an abortion is saying no. We believe that it is murder. We believe very clearly what it says in Proverbs 24:11 where it says, rescue those who are being taken to death. We are going to do that to the best of our ability. Yeah, and basically it just kind of relates to what I've said um, uh, a couple times is the fact that from our pulpits, we will preach one way, but whenever we are actually at work, um, we do not work the way that we preach. Um, So it is a practice and principle issue. So, you know, as um, just just thinking about uh, Pence, he's – been he's the, a beloved SBC guy. Is he standing in the ear of Donald Trump right now as a vice president? Going, um, you're killing babies by you know allowing that. You're killing babies like you're murdering babies. Is he sitting there like that, or is he a product of the past? Where you know you know Billy Graham said it's okay in certain cases. Uh, so I guess it's okay. You know, is he going to take a stance on that? Um, you know, that's what we need. We need. Um, we need to stand up because politicians that are SBC related aren't talking this way. Uh, they're allowing it to happen. So um, that's because we have not discipled our people. We have discipled our people into the idea of a sacred secular world that does not exist. This is all God's. This is all God's world. And, and Jesus has all authority over heaven or in heaven and on earth. We, we are Great Commission Baptists. We believe that. But whenever you approach your government, when you approach, whenever you do apologetics, are you, do you back away from Jesus having authority to have to, having to prove Jesus has authority? 
or do you come from the fact that Jesus said, I have all authority, go? That's right. And then have and, you have you only discipled people that come in your doors from the streets, or do you recognize, as Paul said, pray for kings, right, and all those in authority? Have you discipled people that are in authority? Have you discipled right. them correctly in authority? Are you finding people with the gift that would lead them to a career in politics? Are you discipling them from the young age saying, instead of going, well, no, you seem like a smart person. Um, yeah, you want to go into law, right? No, go, go, go be a pastor. No, let them go into law with the presupposition that God, this is God's reality and he needs to uphold justice the way God demands in his scriptures for the government to uphold justice. So we haven't, you know, this, again, this is a, um, an American thing. There's a secular, sacred, secular, um, thing that we have allowed, even in our churches, we, we view America as sacred and secular. It is not so. God, if you want to stand up and, and fight for the end, and God we trust on our coins, if you want to stand up and say that um, we don't have prayer in school and all that kind of stuff, yet you still allow the sacred-secular um, dichotomy to exist in your thinking and in your talking, you're the problem. You're the problem for everything that you hate. So, Man, right <laughs> so and, and- let's let's go. Let's be consistent. And the thing is, is I can't hold it against you because I know in a certain, in a certain way and be solely mad because it's okay. This is the gospel. You can repent today. New mercies every day as you grow and are sanctified. So it's okay to change. You can change. You have the Holy Spirit within you. Be washed in the word and then wash others in the word and go. And it's okay. So I'm not mad because repentance can happen. So here's my big, you know, uh, kind of um, response to Travis, and I want to, uh, uh, I want to encourage him, and I want to exhort him, and and others who are listening or watching. Um, we believe very clearly Romans thirteen one that there's no authority except from God. We believe Romans thirteen four that God's servants are uh, that those who are magistrates are God's servants. For our good, that the magistrates are the servants of God to execute wrath on the wrongdoer. They wield the sword for a reason, right? And we are calling on them to stop this. I would, again, repudiate Thornton's article because I believe he is creating a problem and not trying to understand where we are. This is serious. This is lives at stake. And this is blood at stake, blood on people's hands. And I will not back down from that. I'm sorry, but anyone who is going to vote for the current democratic ticket on the presidential side has to somehow consistently demonstrate that they are somehow uh, following what God's command is in speaking for the voiceless or standing at the gates of death, and they're not. And this article is simplifying the matter, right? He goes on to say this, uh, and I know we're kind of coming to an end of our time, and and I apologize, Adam, but he goes on, and I'll try to go quickly. Uh, This is what Thornton writes. Consider the reaction to the death of the civil rights hero and longtime congressman John Lewis, because Lewis, because Lewis called to preach when he was five, 
and preaching to chickens in his yard, was a Democrat and supported Democrat policies. Lewis was viciously reviled as evil and worse. I agree. I'm sorry. Uh, John Lewis was inconsistent and insane, and there's blood on his hands. I will not celebrate what he did uh, because he was inconsistent. He didn't care about the rights of the unborn. That is sinful. And I would call on anyone in his position to repent if they're calling themselves a Christian and they're turning a blind eye to justice. They're failing to do what God has called them to do in Romans 13, 1 and 4. They're failing to live up to what God has given them. And that in itself is sin. No, I will not celebrate him. Did he do good civil rights things? Yes, but he failed the unborn. He failed more black babies than he ever helped. And I'm sorry, but that is true objectively. Yeah, and we have to make sure that, but at the same time, I mean, there is that if he is a brother in Christ, he's a brother in Christ. And so, you know, for one, we need to get rid of all this. Uh, and we need to stop dividing over Republican and Democrat. And that's that's the thing is we've allowed that um, to be divisive in the churches. And if we would all sit back and get remove that from our identity, for one, and sit back and, and be identified in Christ, then that's going to clear up a lot of problems that happen. Um, so again, anti-abortion or being an abolitionist, um, that would be the, you know, please use a proper term because <laughs> I think anti-abortion, um, you know, if, if, if I wanted to write an article saying that, you know, it was calling me anti-abortion is, is using more of it a pejorative way. We are abolitionists. We want to get right. rid of it. Um, so it's not that we're just, we are against abortion. We also want it gone. <laughs> and and right. sin to be purged, but um, we need to get rid of these these identities that are just going to be rolled up. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. Doesn't matter if you're a Republican. Let's look at what you actually believe. If you believe that abortion is okay, even in some circumstances, you're inconsistent. You're wrong. You need to be called out. Now you can be called out as a brother to a restorative relationship. And that's the way we need to do it. But you have to expect that if you are against or if somebody um, s believes something from Scripture and they see you doing something against what they see in Scripture, as a Christian, you have to allow them to call you out. Yes. And then you enter into it with each other. And because it's a relationship, just like marriage, you're not going to always agree in a marriage, right? And you're going to, instead of divorcing or separating, you're going to have to enter this conversation with each other and deal with each other and bear with one another to reconcile. That's the thing. And it's because we've set up these false identities underneath our Christian identity. Um, that's why we're seeing both sides hurling stuff at each other. Because Let me finish so, up with this one last yeah, go for piece it. here. Uh, obviously, we, we couldn't get to everything, but it says, can no one vote for a Democrat candidate in this country without being suspected of not being a Christian? Looks to me like the extremist anti-abortionists are less lovers of life and more misogynistic and racist. I take that very offensively. Yeah. Um, he's basically saying that we are misogynistic and racist. Thanks yeah. a lot for name calling. Thank you for the ad hominem. And here's what I would say. That's not the voice of anyone that I've met who's an abolitionist. They've been saying, no, be consistently Christian. You call yourself redeemed. You call yourself saved. 
be consistent. I have never heard someone say, you're not a Christian. Everyone that I run into has said, go back to scripture. What does it say? And if you're regenerate, you'll submit to what scripture says, not to how you feel. And so I would tell you, uh, Brother Thornton, that this is just as evil as you're claiming other people would be. It is just as problematic as you are claiming other people to be. And that in itself is wrong. Yeah. And so, you know, like I think, like I said, if uh, if can no one vote for a Democratic candidate in this country without being suspected of not being a Christian, I'm going to ask you why. So can you not vote? Can you vote for a Democratic candidate in this country without being questioned? Why? No, you shouldn't expect that you should be questioned why why are you doing this and then again that's that relationship issue instead of just oh you're democrat you're not christian we need to stop that because it happens from the other side oh you you like trump well he's a misogynist bigot blah 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 blah. i can't believe you'd vote for the guy i don't think you're christian it happens from both sides here that's what's going on that's what's dividing us that's why we have an issue in the church especially this year (laughs) as we go into it but we need to back away from this kind of rhetoric of red versus blue and come together and actually have conversations and not, you know, if ad hominem to fix ad hominem doesn't work. That's irrational conversation. And especially if we're brothers in Christ, if we proclaim the name of Christ, um, we have to deal with each other differently than this. And so, yeah, this is, this is absolutely wrong, but yeah, we should question people that want to vote for Repu- you know Republican. Why? What is it? What is it that you're voting for? And you know, weigh in the pros and cons of all these kind of things instead of just you know. But these are just everything surface level right now, and everybody's just mad at each other, and we need to stop it. So that's right. But yeah, so uh, I, I I don't know if you want to if you got any last uh, remarks. Dave? I was just gonna say. Here's what we're asking individuals who get this podcast to do. Specifically, if you're in Missouri, share the podcast today. Share the video today. Um, Invite other Missouri Baptists to like the page, Missouri Baptists for the abolition of abortion. So when Adam and I stand up there to speak for this resolution, that we can say we have 300 Missouri Baptists who agree with us, right? That would be awesome. And the yeah. more people that we can get to do that, the better it's going to be for us. So, yeah. and speak out against abortion, be the voice for the voiceless. Yeah. So let's you know, let's go through the process together. Let's do the process, even if you know these days and times, you know, people definitely don't like signing things. Um, they don't like making commitments on certain issues. But seriously, consider it. Pray for it. Pray over it. Um, pray about your de- your decision. Um, but please uh, join us and um, share away, and uh, and so this can be heard, um, and people can be. And really, um, like I've said in the past, uh, especially in like county and all that kind of stuff. I know a lot of more people go to the state convention, but you know, in county conventions, seems to be populated by a older generation and not younger generations. Um, and you know, there's a decent mix if I remember correctly from the past couple of state conventions I've been to. Um, but seriously ask your church to be a messenger. You young kids need to grow up into your responsibilities here. And if you're part of this, if you're a member of a church, you are, um, you are a part of a family there and this is the way the family works. We do resolutions. We do vote. 
um, it does make a difference. And so instead of let, you know, let, let the older folks that have been messengers for years, like see if you can get a go along with them and develop a better relationship with the older folks in your church. Because again, this is a multi-generational issue. This is a cross racial, or I'm going to say cross ethnic issue. Um, and, and we can all come together on this. And we can show the gospel, the beauty of the gospel of every tribe, language, nation, all together in unison saying, stop murdering babies and let's stand up for it as a state convention, ultimately a national convention, and uh, make waves um, in the media if they want to uh, take, you know, take a part and, and at least uh, make fun of us for standing up for it. So <laughs> we'll take mocking all day if we're standing up for the truth. So. But yeah, well, with that said, um, we'll finish this up and we will probably talk a lot more on this um, in the coming months uh, as we get up to that. But anyway, um, this is the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.